0: You are listening to a Called Collective podcast where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about the Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at thecalledcollective.
1: Welcome back to the Coffee and Calling Podcast with Dan and Griff. Griff, how are you doing this week, buddy? Oh,
2: oh you know, I'm doing I'm doing better. I'm good. doing good. Feeling better? My body is adapting to this new 430 AM wake up time pretty well.
1: <sighs> Why are you torturing yourself, man? What do you what's the 430? Discipline. Discipline <laughs> because be a- I don't
2: have any I'm too lazy to do it. By the time I get home at night. Well,
1: you know what? We haven't done this in a few episodes, so I want to give you a high five for waking up. You ready? Wait. Boom! Success. All right. See you guys next week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Griffin, do you want to introduce our guest for us today? We are joined by the
2: esteemed yes, Reagan Tippy. Introduce yourself.
0: Hello, I'm Reagan. Uh, I'm a sophomore. Youth and Pastoral Ministry here.
1: Nice, nice. I, if everybody's not watching on YouTube and everything, I was just giving Reagan a little face like, come on, come on. keep more. You do it. But no, um, generally, like you already said, you're a sophomore here and everything. Um, But what are th- some things like you're doing now in life? Uh, What kind of Interest. ministries may be part- participating in, different activities, hobbies? What, what, I'm trying to figure out the word, summarizes Reagan Tippy. Who is Reagan Tippy? The real question we want to know.
0: Honestly, it depends on who you ask, but because you're asking me, uh, I run on the cross-country and track team here oh, that at school. It sounds like torture. It, yeah, it depends on the day. Yesterday, I definitely could have ranted about it for probably an hour. Today, I like it a little more, but no, the team's super awesome. It's great to have that community. Um, big avid ice cream eater. Many people know that. Uh, I made it a challenge this summer to eat as many ice creams as I could. Only counted when I went out to get ice cream. And I think I made it to 26. So it's that was bad. fun. bad at all. No, it was really good. Um, honestly, the best one was probably the one I had to eat off of the floor. Oh. Uh, that, yeah, good memory. Don't lose. And what are the odds? Um, I am currently switching churches, which is a different seasonal life for me. Uh, yeah. I've always gone to the church my dad pastors at. And it's in Wabash now, so it's just a little hard to get out there. So I'm currently looking for a church that I can help out with the youth group in uh, just because I'm super passionate about getting involved in their lives um, as well as them just allowing them to impact me in great ways. Um, I don't know. I love dancing. Not actually dance parties though. I have disco ball in my room so it gets pretty legit. Other than that, I'm pretty loud, pretty crazy.
1: Well, um, I have to thank Reagan because I had the esteemed honor of Being with her over summer ministry teams this year, which this has been mentioned before, but in case you haven't listened to past episodes, um, that is pretty much something really cool on IU's campus where five different teams of four people go out and we get to travel to different summer camps, come back to campus and do some cool stuff. Um, There's a music team, there's a production team, and then there's three teams that just go and they're counselors and everything. And um, I got to um, be a part of a team that was uh, Reagan was on and we kind of went to different summer camps and sometimes on the car ride I would tell them and the rest of the team about one of my dreams was to have a podcast and Reagan had this great idea the one day while we were sitting there well why don't we just practice right now (laughs) so we sat in the van sometimes and practiced as if I was on a podcast so um, any skill that I have it is only because Reagan was there to help encourage me, help lift me up and everything. So
2: do people actually take what are the odds that serious? I'm so I'm still just hung up on eating ice cream off the floor. Like maybe you just have way more like honor than I do in a situation like that. But like I draw a line at certain things and I think like that line might be eating things off the floor.
0: Oh, no. I if I'm challenged to do something, I cannot back down. But it's actually I dared Dan to do it and our number added up to 10. So then I had to do it. Came but back
2: on you. Came back
1: on. Yeah,
0: her. it was good though. Quite a fun memory.
2: Worst thing she- I did was drink the water out of the fountain in front of Mario's.
0: <laughs> That's gross. Oh gosh,
2: it tasted clean enough, that. and it tasted the exact same as the uh, water fountain water. If that tells you anything.
1: Yeah, um, over the summer, in the that same night that she did that, um, I lost one of the odds. It's a mind you guys. It's eleven forty-five at night <laughs> to drink a large. A large Baja Blast from Taco Bell. And not just drank it, chug it. Um, I lost one of the odds, and I chugged it. And sorry, Shammy, she's kind of our leader and everything (laughs) for all this. But I stayed up till 4 a.m., and we had to drive the next day to a summer camp. But I was just wired. I cleaned my room. I organized some things. I even planned. It's like you got drugged. Oh, my gosh.
2: Baja Blast, man. It's pretty insane. That's why people get hooked on it. Taco Bell, they're spiking it. <laughs> they're not actually Taco Bell. Do not sue us. Please. Goodness.
1: Sorry, we already left
2: Folgers, so we can't can't afford another
1: one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we asked this question uh, to all of our guests as they come on. And, uh, well, here we go. So, Reagan, if you were to have a caramel macchiato with anybody... In the Bible, sit down, coffee shop vibe, a one-on-one conversation. Anybody in the Bible other than Jesus? Other than Jesus, who would it be?
0: Very good question. My my general answer that I always feel like I'm cheating it by using it, but I honestly think that it would be so fun is to have coffee with Paul. And I know, like, big guy in the Bible, but um, my freshman year fall semester went through a really hard season with running. Um, which led to depression and all that stuff. And I really learned how to suffer for Christ. And so then like reading through Philippians and reading how Paul truly suffers for Christ and says it's a joy, I just want to have that same attitude. Like I want to be able to walk through another season of suffering with so much joy knowing that I'm doing it for the kingdom of God. So I just want to like sit and talk with him, learn how he had that attitude, how he just found so much joy in serving Christ in that way. So definitely my guy, Paul.
1: Is there a certain, um, this question just came to mind. Is there a certain chapter, a book in the Bible, a certain letter that he wrote that you do want to like run through with him, like talk over with him just see kind of his perspective of like writing that letter?
0: I mean, like I mentioned Philippians, I read that book all the time. I just read it like two nights ago. I had a big race, read through it completely, read through, um, a specific passage in chapter three a few times. Uh, But just like when he talks about uh, being in chains for Christ and when he's in prison, like, I just kind of want to know how like he's talking about honestly all this crap that he went through, but then like never once does he ever complain. Like he's always like rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Like I'm sitting here in chains, but I'm rejoicing. So That's also my favorite book in the Bible. So I think definitely want to walk through Philippians with him.
2: So we'll get to the uh, main thrust of the pod here. Tell us about your calling story, um, where it all started for you, kind of how that's evolved for you since your original call. Give us a run through.
0: Definitely has kept evolving. Like all 20 years of my life, I'm still figuring out different ways that I'm called to different things Uh, but it definitely started. um, My dad's a pastor, has been my whole life. So the first four years of my life, he was a youth pastor um, in Fort Wayne, and that was just super fun. I always went to different youth events with him, and I was that, you know, PK that all the kids wanted to hang out with, and got some great babysitters out of that. And then when I was four, we moved churches, and my dad planted a church called Level 13, uh, and we were there for 12 years. And that 12 years was probably like the hardest, most growing season of just like figuring out who the Lord is. And so I accepted Christ uh, end of my life right around that time of shifting churches, shifting um, houses and all that stuff. And with being, I think there's a difference between being a pastor's kid and being a church plant kid, especially depending on who the pastor is, because my dad never once put a curtain in between the church and the raw of it and our family. He never wanted us to just see the good side of the church and how um, pleasant it was, but he wanted us to see the hard stuff and the dirt of the people and finances and how hard it is, but how fruitful the ministry is. And so I grew up in a very broken church. There was people who walked in drunk, high, all the stuff. Um, We had... A lot of just, yeah, broken people. Um, And I learned how to love them despite their brokenness, knowing that just because they're broken in a a different way doesn't make me greater because I'm just as broken. Um, And so that journey was just amazing. I fell in love with worship because our worship pastor was just so passionate and so talented. Our band was amazing and um, fell in love with the, the discipline of prayer and just coming before the Lord. So that time was great. But also during that time, uh, I kind of had to figure out how am I going to make this faith my own? How am I going to journey through this alone? So I got to middle school and it was really crappy. I tried to figure out who I was and and trying to find my identity, I tried to put people down to feel better about myself. And so I was known as a school bully, which I tell people that now and they're surprised, but I was really rude. And uh, yeah, I just found a lot of pride in myself. And so it was during this journey that um, I was at church camp one summer and I grew up going to church camp at Fairmont camp, um, my whole life. And it was the summer I was 13 and the the speaker was Kyle Horton, which is actually funny because he's a big part of Dan's story too. Shout out
2: to
1: Kyle. If everybody goes back to the first episode, Kyle, like that homie was there the night of my calling. And I love that guy.
0: Yeah. If you're listening,
1: Kyle, I love you.
0: (laughs) Super funny that Dan and I end up meeting each other now. Um, But Kyle was talking about this whole idea of adoption into the kingdom of Christ and how there's this huge long table and that we don't have to share a seat. We don't have to push people off or nobody doesn't have to not get a chair, but we just get to keep pulling chairs in, keep inviting people to sit at this table with Christ And so we talked about this idea all week and I was just like, wow, I want to know more. I want to I want to know more of what this is, what adoption looks like. I want to keep bringing people to know Christ amidst me not even knowing what I'm doing with my life. And so they give us a piece of paper and ask us to write a letter that we're going to read a few months from now when we're not on our Jesus high, but in the midst of our daily life. So I grab my blue piece of paper and I go and I lay down on the back of our old gross tabernacle. And I'm just writing as any 13 year old does and talking about my friends and how great they are and you know all the fun things we get to do at camp. And in the middle of the page, I just write in big letters, I'm gonna be a missionary. And so I'm like, whoa, I don't Boom. even know what a missionary is. And so I'm trying to like figure out how that just, like how my hand just wrote that. And so then I started talking to my parents and, kind of figuring out what a missionary is, what that looks like. Um, And so that was my first call into ministry. And I was like, all right, what does this look like? And so in an attempt to figure this out, talked to some missionaries who um, grew up at the same camp and were missionaries in Uganda, Africa. And we started planning for me to go there in 2018. So that was the plan. Kept going with life. Um, Went back to school. Kept being my same old crappy person. Got to 8th grade, um, and in the winter of 8th grade, went to Follow Conference, a big Wesleyan conference. It was in Indy that year, and it was the time I finally realized I had to get serious about my faith. Um, I went to a breakout session with Olivia Eckert, and she just talked about how we can bring Christ into our school, how we can be a light for him in our daily life, and that was the moment I realized I had not been doing that even though I knew I was supposed to be doing that. And so I just tried to figure that out and what that looked like. So I went back um, and a friend went with me and we were like, all right, what are we going to do? How are we going to take this information? And so we started a Bible study every Wednesday morning, talked about, honestly, probably used more information from other speakers, pastors than I did actually coming up with information myself. But it was through that experience that I got to learn how to be a leader and I got to learn how to take that faith a little more seriously. Um, I got to see two kids who were raised Muslim convert to Christianity through that, which was just insane. I was like, okay, like I did not expect this to happen. And then now looking, you know, five, six years later, seeing them have that faith still seeing them run after God, uh, just really incredible to see that happen. Um, so then I went into freshman year and uh, I went, I started a worship night at my school. And then a month later, I found out I would be moving to Marion, Indiana from Fort Wayne an hour. I was like, okay. So I just started this you thing, see. haven't actually had the first event and now I'm moving. And so I had to learn how to um, plant the seed, but not water it and not reap the harvest. And so now I got to watch somebody else do that and watch the amazing ministry that they got to have because of something that the Lord laid on my heart. But knowing that it is what it is because I was not a part of it, wow. they needed to do that. So also a big part, moved to uh, mississauga here in town and kinda got a little crappy again. Um, started treating people poorly, mainly guys, uh, just did not treat them with the respect that they deserved. Mm. Um, learned a lot about how to be just kind how to be um, a future wife without, you know, having to put people down but learning how I can still raise people up through that. Um, still long journey coming. Then I get to between sophomore and junior year and I finally take this long-awaited trip to Uganda, Africa mm-hmm. and spend a month there and it was incredible. I could not say one negative thing about the trip. The Lord just was so evident there with the people I met, the experiences I got. Um, and then I got home and I was like, all right, Lord, is this it? Am I going to go into full-time missionary work in Uganda? And the Lord told me, no, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been planning for this for so many years. And so then I was like, well, what now, what am I supposed to do? Um, and so then the next few years up until now, I've just kind of been trying to take different ministry opportunities, figuring that out. Um, Coming into college, I decided I wanted to be a pastor as well as an author, so I came in as Christian ministries and a writing major, and last year was just absolutely insane. Uh, Learned a lot about everything, and my life kind of flipped upside down, and so I remember sitting with my friend Noah, who's actually my peer educator, and I was my friend, so it's kind of weird, Um, at the end of first semester, and he said, Reagan, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I think I want to be a pastor, but I don't feel called to a church. So I want to go to different camps and conferences and kind of speak and just see where God takes me through that. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And so I went over to winter break, got back spring semester. And I was like, maybe that's not right. And I was driving home from church one day and I kind of been thinking about youth a lot, but not really being sure of it. And I pulled into Elder Parking Lot and just stopped my car. And I was like, Lord, are you calling me into youth ministry? And it was like, finally, like, this bell was ringing. And the Lord was like, good job. You finally figured it out. Like, Uh just so many things had been pointing me to that. So that's when I got my direct call into youth ministry. Since then, I've just kind of been running with it. Did summer ministry teams this summer. Really got to just sit with students and Honestly, I think they taught me more than uh, I taught them. They just learned me, taught me how to love them, taught me how to walk with them, even if I can't completely relate to their story. Um, and so that's my plan right now, to continue with youth eventually. Maybe I'll make it to senior pastor, but I'm really excited for where the Lord has me through this calling.
2: Did you keep the uh, <clears throat> writing double major?
0: Uh, I did not. I still want to be an author, um, but I just— Found some differences with the program and decided I didn't really need a degree to do that. So mm-hmm.
1: it's true. <laughs> yeah. What is it about writing for you that you enjoy?
0: I think it's a way I process my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I have a blog, and I swear, every time I write a blog, it's not my thoughts. Like I, I have an idea and then I just start writing and then rereading it. It's like somebody else wrote it and it's teaching me. And so I wrote one yesterday and I was just frustrated about school and running and friends and I just needed to to figure out what was going on in my head and as I'm rereading it after I wrote it I'm just like you know 20 minutes and I got the whole thing out and then rereading it I'm like oh (laughs) like the Lord is good like this season might be hard but through like what I wrote I noticed that the Lord is good but it wasn't my message to share like Mm -hmm. the Lord just spoke through me And so, yeah, it's just a way for me to process, a way for me to witness. I love when I get to write something that somebody can connect to. And so sometimes people are like, oh, that blog post just like helped me so much. And it's like a moment of like, wow, I didn't have to have a conversation with them. I didn't have to preach a sermon, but they still got to see my heart and see my heart for the Lord. And so it's always just so encouraging.
1: Wow. And is is it like a... Like you said, like people can go look at it and everything. Like you have like a full blog site. Yeah. For anybody listening, the link will be in the description below. If you want to go see Reagan's blog. It's actually a really good blog. I've read a few and it's one of the best on campus. I'd have to say uh-huh. so myself. Thanks. Goodness. Um, so what has been the transition like for you growing up, being a pastor's kid, doing ministry, kind of like, within your, your dad's ministry and all that different stuff. And there's always been like, it's almost like I've always done ministry, but it's been associated with my dad. Um, how's been coming to IWU and now kind of being more independent with like doing your ministry. Um, and really coming into this place of where like, Oh no, like I'm picking what church I'm going to go to. And I'm kind of discerning where ministries I want to go towards and everything. Um, how's been that transition for you coming into college now?
0: Yeah, I think I'm a little late to figuring it out. <laughs> um, so the summer before I moved to college, my dad actually uh, got a new job in Wabash at New Journey Community Church. And so I started going there the few weeks before school started. And I really just fell in love with the community there, fell in love with um, just the word that is preached there. Um, and so it's hard now because I do love that church and I do feel like I can have a ministry aside from my dad's while still partnering with him. Mm. Um, but just with the way my, my life is right now, Sunday mornings, I had to wake up and do 13 mile long runs. <laughs> I'm not saying that's fun, um, but trying to get to church to serve at eight o'clock just is not realistic. And so this is me just now as almost halfway through my sophomore year, figuring out how to almost completely um, step away from doing ministry alongside my dad. And it's really sad. I called him and we both mourned uh, the season that is passing of us doing it side by side, because the reality is when I graduate and go to do my residency, probably going to be out of state away from that. Um, But I've been trying to find other ways to plug into ministries aside from my church. Um, Mm -hmm. So last year I helped out with my high school's campus life, uh, which just love the ministry that they do still something I want to be involved in um, how to take a year off just because of class conflicts. Um, But pouring into my team is a big ministry that I just love to do. But yeah, church wise I'm still figuring it out and it might take a while until I maybe feel peace about where the Lord is taking me right now, so.
2: So It's usually kind of in a season of listening, trying to discern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the hardest spot to be in. I feel like, (laughs) I know I'm kind of there right now, too. No, you know where you're going. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's encouraging, though. Um, That's really inspiring seeing how open you are to just going wherever God wants you to go. And I'm sure it's a is it is there a little bit of fear there for you, um, kind of stepping away from working with your dad? Because I'm sure, I mean, you've like you said it, you would go with him at all these conferences as a little kid, and and you were always right there beside him through whatever he was doing in youth ministry. Has it been a little bit, maybe not scary is the word, but could you go in a little bit more detail about how how it makes you feel stepping away from your dad's ministry and then really now like cementing something? And, you know, completely being on your own, doing something by yourself, not completely, but yeah, not yeah. with your dad. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, it's definitely hard. Uh, my dad is my biggest role model. I would say he's one of my best friends, but he would get mad that I use that title cause he is, he's my father and I respect him as that title. Um, but I just, I process everything with him. Um, I called him last night and I'm just always trying to get his opinion and Um, just his wisdom about certain situations because he's had this just incredible life story. He didn't meet Jesus until he was 19. uh, Here I will actually. Mm. And so knowing the ministry that he's done despite how he was raised, he didn't get that upbringing like I did. Um, It's really hard to step away from that because I'm comfortable there. Um, Not only am I comfortable, but I just, I love the way he, he, I don't say he runs the church because that's not his job. I love the way he leads, um, leads his his staff and the congregation, and it's something I've always looked up to as something I want to do. Mm-hmm. I have found so many points that I want to have in my ministry, non-negotiables that I've gone from him, um, and so it's really hard to not be led by my my dad. Um, and even last week was the first week I went to a new church, and the whole time I'm like this is not my dad. This is not the style I'm used to, but it's a little bit exciting because mm-hmm. I finally get to maybe find points in other people's ministries that I could never, if I don't try them, if I don't mm-hmm. get to experience them. So I'm, I might use the word scared a little yeah. bit, uh, just because I'm a big comfort person. <laughs> I like to know what the plan is. I like to know what's going on. I like to be comfortable. Um, but I, I'm definitely excited to kind of figure out how to make my ministry my own going forward.
2: Uh, I think like that's really good. Like uh, collecting from the big, you know, the capital C church as we move forward um, with our own ministries, I think that's something everyone should do is, is stop seeing things so singularly. Not that I'm saying you are doing that with your father. I'm speaking in general now, like, Look at the strengths of other pastors around you, instead of just um, you know, it's my congregation. It's my church. I'm getting on a soapbox right now. It's my con- congregation. This is my church. I'm not gonna partner with any other church. They're not they're not our denomination. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, they believe differently about God's sovereignty. How dare they? Yeah. Instead of being like, No, like they have skills and insights that you can take and you can integrate into your own ministry and lessons that you can learn from them, whether they believe slightly different di- doctrinally about infant baptism doesn't mean that they're heretics and you can't learn something from them. Like, sorry, that's just absurd to me. And I, I really think it's cool that you're willing to branch out and learn more from other people mm-hmm. um, and like willing to become uncomfortable to become more Christ-like. I think That's really cool.
1: It's almost like in a way realizing that as pastors, Being a lead pastor is our vocation, Um, but our first commissioning came from the Great Commission, and that is all of our callings, is to go out and make disciples of many nations. So everybody within our congregation, we as pastors of the church are actually just partnering with them in their ministry that they're doing. Um, And it's this really cool thing where you learn how to develop with people and you learn how to like, you know, grow with them. And then we come together and, uh, we all have our different responsibilities. Um, but a lot of times we don't take advantage of people from, uh, different places and all that. And I think sometimes not intentionally, but pastors kind of get, especially, I mean, I can share in a church planning thing. You're just trying to find the culture of your church and everything I, I, I respect pastors a lot that, and your dad emulates this really well, um, with the conversations I had, they don't get stuck in the tunnel vision of mm-hmm. this is, this is the light that God, It it's almost like God, God is not, I, I think of the verse, um, where it says that his word is a lamp beneath my feet and a light into my path. Psalms 119, it's in Psalms 119, um, but so many times I feel like we think that God works like a spotlight, like when God's going to give me a message or something, or he's going to tell me something that's going to go on in my ministry. It's like, I've been in this darkness and it's like the curtains move and the spotlight hits the main character. And then they shout it with like the line that everybody's been waiting for, but God doesn't work like this. Like I'm going to just shoot this spotlight. But when we read his word and when we discern with brothers and sisters, when we go on a thing, it is like a lamp beneath my feet it is a continuous light. Um, cause that would mean that human beings could turn off and on the light of God when that's no, um, God's light is owned by God. Um, so going forward with like that thought, um, my question for you is that what are some of those things that you have gleaned that are unnegotiable? You think when it comes to leading a ministry?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. A big one, and I think this is with me wanting to do youth ministry, is having different opportunities for different generations to get plugged in. Because I think we often neglect maybe some generations. Like an older generation, we focus so much on kids ministry and youth ministry that we maybe don't give them an opportunity to get plugged in. Um, So a big thing that I've grown up with my dad doing is having life groups. That's something pretty common just so important. I've seen so many testimonies through having life groups and also just having them at my house. Like one of my, uh, top spiritual gifts is hospitality. I love having people over to my house. I love baking for them, making them a meal and just sitting down and sharing a meal with them. And so watching, uh, people come together and do that in a home outside of the church they just come and truly just live life. Um, there was a testimony from uh, a life group that we had at our past church and a couple couldn't get pregnant and just had been trying for years. And one Sunday they were just uh, really really hurting about it. And so the whole group laid hands on them um, and prayed over them. And then a few weeks later, they found out that they were pregnant. It's like seeing Mm -hmm. the fruit of that, Like that was because a community came together, a small group came together and believed in each other and prayed Um, just knowing that the Lord was present, knowing that he is capable of doing all things. And so I just love that Mm -hmm. uh, life groups is such an important part in the ministry that um, I've always been a part of, um, as well as just finding a staff that truly cares about pouring into people. Mm -hmm. I think we oftentimes get stuck into this mindset of doing what's right and maybe matching everything so specifically that we see in other churches But sometimes finding the best staff is just finding people who, one, want to do the work of the Lord, who want to remain uh, with the biblical truths, but also people who just care about the congregation, ones that don't put themselves above others, but just live life with them, Mm -hmm. I think is super cool. Um, And I love seeing the way that the staff at my church now does that. Um, Those are two huge ones. I've just never, um, never want to have a church that is not involved in those things because I think it's so important for the growing of the kingdom because I think it starts small oftentimes. Um, and then that's how we spread the word of the Lord. It's just through, through a small group coming together and being willing to go out and to go further with it.
2: At your father's church, are those life groups intergenerational or are they based off of like like all oh, 20 to 25 and it's like young marrieds and then there's like elderly what is it like there
0: Yeah so at our church we just have a host family and then you can sign up for whatever cool. host you want to go that's to really so cool. Yeah
2: I like that a lot It's
1: dope It's so cool It's like a little little churches with like the house church and everything like that's how they operate like multi mm-hmm. there's not like different age groups Right That's really cool cuz it gleams a lot of different like when you ask a question like you have twenty something year olds, and like they're all they all might answer in the same type of way. Right. But if you have like a homie that's eighty, and then like forty, and then twenty, and then sixteen,
2: just think it's like me. If 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 one one of us was gonna gonna go get a mortgage for how, how do we get a mortgage? Yeah, I'm gonna go buy a house. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you how to get a mortgage. <laughs> I'm gonna you, ask somebody you know who's I don't like know 40 years about old. I don't think you know anything about mortgages. I'm sorry, man. I'm gonna go ask somebody about like uh, you know 40 years old. You know, maybe 30. I think 30 is a good yeah. sa- good safe place to I'd start. Say so. Yeah, might have owned a couple homes by then. 30. I'm saying like they might have homes. moved, oh, not okay. like not currently own more than one house. <laughs> but you know, I'm, you know, I'm saying now, like, yeah, you know, I'm not saying no to that. God, if you want yeah. that to be my future, but. <laughs>
1: Prosperity. No, that's not prosperity. <laughs> prosperity. Shimona. But yeah, I, I I totally get what you're saying. Like, it's really cool, and like, you get to glean a lot of wisdom in a lot of different ways from each other. Um, and uh, just like another question going back to this is something I thought of. So you used to kind of be the bully. And everything, a little, you know, yeah. as you were saying that though, I just thought of, cause I've seen you put your fist up before. And Dan's everything. probably
2: thinking I'd like to see you try. <laughs> I'd
1: like to see you try to bully me. But it's like she, you know, one of those people that like, I over the summer you get this with middle schoolers, they just say insults to you oh, that they don't come care. at your soul. You're like, wow, dude, I didn't need Visual. you to
2: ruin my entire self-esteem today. Thanks.
1: Just, I remember one time I like messed up on a word
2: and oh, I was no. like, dang
1: it. And he says, Do you get frustrated because of that gap in your teeth? And oh, I was like, no. Oh, what? I was like, You know what, buddy? You're not getting snap time. You're, snapped on You're not playing gaga ball at <laughs> break. Not play- no, not gaga ball. You
2: can't use a rock wall today. How's that sound, pal? <laughs>
1: gap in
0: my teeth. You're just not swimming <laughs> for two days.
2: <laughs> that
1: is, but um, I I'm just imagine, like, you know in that stage and how you've changed so much as a person and everything and something that one of our professors dave smith talks about is like don't talk about your old self like that ain't a dead person and what we mean by that is like we are made new we are we die to ourselves and we are alive in christ we become just like almost like new creations we are we are like our new selves. And sometimes we, I think we have the tendency to talk about our old self. Like that's still me, but that's a dead person. That's dead weight. And I know a lot of students that come out of like, that have maybe like an experience moment when they're in high school or just in life, they struggle with like, you know, I used to be this way. Like, how am I worthy? What would you be your advice to them or just people that used to be a certain way, but God has transformed them how to not shame yourself for the past, but to really just honor the transformation. I guess the Lord has done like, what well, would might be some advice for that.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I would say is number one, recognizing how you were carried through that season because the Lord had this specific plan for you. Mm-hmm. And he has this, this ministry, this life that um, you couldn't have done if you were that person that you were when you were younger. Um, but, a big turnaround moment for me when knowing how bad of a person I was um was in middle school I had this friend and I thought we were best friends and I told everybody she was my best friend and freshman year of high school uh this is shortly before I moved we were just talking one day about the past and she was like Reagan did you do you know how awful you were to me in middle school and she was like you were just awful and kind of like really got to my heart there. Um, But she said, she said, I don't know why I continued to be your friend during that time, but I'm so glad that it did because now I've been able to walk through the season of you turning away from your old self and walking into where God has you. And it was in that moment that I was like, I could not have had this experience had I not been that person. And so I never want to, to recognize that that's not a part of my story because now the people who have known me through the long haul have seen how God truly took hold of my heart. And it wasn't just something like one day I come and I say, oh, I'm, I'm new. The Lord has made me new. But if they actually got to see the physical evidence of seeing me turn away from this, this past self. Um, but it's also nice to recognize that there's, there's still part of me that still uh, has that gut reaction sometimes to act in that way. Um, I've struggled a lot with anger growing up. Um, I was a spitfire kid. My parents can tell you it was not fun years for them. Um, but then now, like when I'm quick to anger, I remind myself that's who I used to be. I don't have to be that way anymore. The Lord has taken that anger away from me. Um, but instead I can respond with, with peace and gentleness and remind them that they are loved. I am loved and I don't have to respond in this way that I I held on to so long when I was in middle school, but now I get to just be, I get to be Reagan. I get to be crazy, loud, fun Reagan, and I don't have to hold on to who I was, but I can still recognize that when I do maybe turn towards that way again. So recognizing, but also just like turning and continuing to walk away from where I was because it's easy to get mm. back into the place of who we used to be because it's still part of us. Like that's who we were, and it's pretty easy to go back to it but it's recognizing that and then having people as well as the Lord just help you continue to walk away from it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: That's like something that stood out to me is you talk about your friend. I think that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people who are going to be like honest with you. Not only about um, maybe when you're retreating back towards those old habits, that old way of living or thinking, but also those people who are going to testify on your behalf when you and tell like, remind you of the blessings that are going on in your life that you might not be able to see yep. from your point of view. Um, and help you to see, like, the, the full reality of how God's blessed you instead of just, you know, because we all get into these seasons where, mm-hmm. um, like, let's say, for example, you said you had that bad season with running and it caused a lot of depression and stuff like that. Um, surround yourself with people who, when, when you're going through a certain season of life, we're going to almost like smack you upside the head a little bit and say, Hey, like God's goodness isn't based around this one experience that you've had. Like, did you yeah. already forget about how he's been so good to you mm. last week, last month, yeah, last year? Would God still be good if, you know, it, it's been a year in between, you know, things that you can pick out as blessings. Like, is God still good then? Yeah. You think at the intertestamental period in the Bible, like between Micah and Matthew, it's like, or I guess just post-exilic literature. And then yeah. Matthew, it's a 400 years. I bet a lot of people are asking that question. Is God still good? And bam, Jesus shows up and he steps into the scene. and It's like, God is very, very good, mm-hmm. you know? So Dude. keeping people around you who are going to remind you when you find yourself in those periods of waiting, like stay faithful yes, God's still good. Let's recount these situations, how he's been good. And like, he's still working in your heart. He's still working on you, even though you can't see it right now from your point of view. Like, yes, you used to be mean to me, but like, I wouldn't want to have any other friend than you right now. You know what I mean? I think that kind of thing is important in friendships, but
1: hundred percent Two Andy Minio songs. Andy Minio once said in a song, Um, we all, I need some homies in my life that are going to call me out when I'm talking crazy. Yeah. And then there's another song he has, uh, where stop trying to humble me. I already have enough, a tough enough time trying to love me. Um, so we need those friends that know when to call us out, but friends to also know, let us be in our almost despair. Sometimes let us be in our frustration. Um, and just let us be for a second. Like we know we're, you know what we're going to have to do, but letting us just be and
2: let's get um, Andy Mini on the pod
1: bro that'd be insane <laughs> <laughs> i'd go no words played that's who we need
2: to get on the pod you, do you it. follow his his instagram account like you sees do you follow him yeah i follow him you see he's like selling that weird like consulting it's fake it's got to be fake it's it's it's, it's a fake. meme right it's a meme i thought he was serious at first he's this weird consulting i'm like this is terrible i was the like circle Why of is he-? truth yes i'm like this can't be real but i wasn't sure i mean i guess that's the point it's a joke maybe i'm the idiot in this situation <laughs> but i was like this is this is a horrible selling strategy he's got that outdated earpiece sorry totally off topic no you're good
1: you're good that's hilarious um but um for for you reagan um maybe some personal shout out you're about to give but uh Griffin just probably made such a great point for anybody that's listening, having those people around you. How has that affected you? How, who are some friends in your life that you could say like, they've just surrounded me in some of the toughest times and like the Lord moved through them.
0: Yeah. um, I've been very blessed with people who have really just cheered me on through every season. Um, Biggest ones would be my parents. I love my parents. They, have always been supportive of everything that I do. Um, and like I said, they're like friends. At this point of life, when I'm an adult and I'm basically living on my own, they're kind of at this phase where I want to tell them things. I want their advice. Um, big one is my best friend, Jordan Ludke. Uh, she was the biggest answered prayer when I moved mm-hmm. to town. Um, I just really needed somebody who is equally yoked and wasn't just maybe uplifting me because of who I was, but uplifting me because of who God made me to be and almost lifting up the Lord more than she does myself because, you know, keeping me accountable to always put the Lord first. Um, But she's walked with me through um, the aftermath of Mm -hmm. how I was when I was a kid. Um, We weren't, I've actually known her basically my whole life, wasn't friends with her, only was friends with her brother up until moving here. But she has never stopped supporting me. I remember one time um, we were doing this uh, worship night at my school. And this guy just kind of kept getting on me and saying, like, everything I was doing wrong. And she slid me a note and it just said, I support you and I love you from Jordan. And I kept it on my wall all the way throughout high school. Um, But she's always been on my side through my crappy season last year with uh, depression and figuring out, whether I was gonna quit running or not after doing it for 11 years. Um, she was just always sending me reminders of how loved I was. We shared a meal every day and she was just always like, how are you? How is your walk with the mm. Lord? Um, so that, she's just been a huge blessing. Also my roommate, uh, Faith, she has been the the life of the party. Uh, she just has such a good way of always looking at the positive outcome. Um, And just knowing that the Lord carries us through no matter what. And so having her uh, as a new person in my life during uh, that hard season, um, she just like always reminded me uh, just why I was here and why I was doing what I was doing, why I was on the cross country team, why I'm supposed to be doing ministry through that. Um, So those, my parents and those two uh, are the biggest people. I also have a group chat with some friends who, up until this year, uh, we really didn't talk. Um, but now we get meals once a week. Um, but it's just a few friends that I grew up with, uh, that I can just text all the time be like, Hey, I really need some prayer. Texted them this week, uh, Sunday, I had a breakdown about school and cross country and everything quote unquote going wrong with my life. Um, and just said, Hey, I'm having a hard day. Will you please pray for me? And they all responded like I'm praying now. And Um, then yesterday at dinner, they all asked me like, how are you doing? How has, how have you learned to see the Lord through this, through this time over the past few days? And those are the people who just walked with me through every season and have always pointed me straight back to the Lord and not allowing me uh, to get pulled into the world, get pulled into my own desires, but have always been rooting me on towards Christ.
2: So good. If there's anything that you looking back could tell someone in a similar situation that you were in, um, in like middle school and high school, uh, just to encourage them if they feel called into ministry, uh, what would you say to encourage them to keep pursuing that call?
0: Yeah. Um, I think my number one thing would be to be patient. Mm. That's something that every single person who's called into ministry struggles with because when they get that initial call, they're ready. They're like, all right, how can I start? What can I do? How can I have this ministry that you have now called me to? But you have to remain patient because if on. my story says anything, like it's been multiple years and I'm still figuring out my calling little by little. Like if I would have started the ministry when I felt called to be a missionary, my, my life would not be the same because I would have been pursuing a ministry that I was not meant to pursue because now I'm supposed to be pursuing youth ministry. Mm. So I would definitely say remain patient. Um, Have those people in your life who are rooting you on to continue to go further. Like, don't just take the calling um, and then stop there. Like, how can you keep going? How can you discover more for yourself? Um, How can you remain faithful in prayer through worship, through journaling, through reading your Bible, through all Mm -hmm. these things? Um, And then lastly, I would just say be able to take risks. Uh, this is something I struggle with and my dad has just really nailed into my heart. Um, it's okay to take risks, smart risks, of course, um, relational risks, getting to know new people, um, risks in ministry. Maybe, uh, you feel like you need to start something new and you're a little scared. Just jump, just do it, see where it goes. And it might not be what you thought it would be, but if the Lord is calling you to it, it's going to be so Good. Come on. Um, So take those risks. Remain open um, with where you're going, where you're able to go. Don't be closed off thinking this is where I'm going to go. Because if I were to choose right now where I would be doing ministry during my residency, I can probably tell you 100% it's not where I'm actually going to be. Wow. So remain patient. Remain open. to whatever God has for you.
1: Come on. That's fire. So now we are going to go into the time where... Me and Griffin are both going to just give you a few affirmations based off of everything we said and things that we see in you. Um, A lot like affirmation time after the, each week after camp, we would have affirmation, what, affirmation hour, yeah, it'd be Probably more
0: like. Two hours. Yeah, two
1: hours. It would end up as both we'd affirm each other. Tears. Um, Tears. Whatever tears. Uh, Just a yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I would say probably every time. (laughs) Yeah, shout out Hallie Harrington. She's crying all the time. (laughs) Um, I'm going to take a sec before we go into that real quick and explain to people on the podcast why we do that. Um, Honoring one another. This is so critical in ministry where whoever you... lead, whoever you are working with. So often we can be so critical and we're like, I need to just get better. I need to just get better. And I always need to be hearing how I need to be getting better. Um, but there's this testimony. I I say affirmation is testifying what the Lord is doing in another person and saying it to them and saying, Hey, Because it it helps people know how the Lord is using them. It helps people know how how the Lord is working in them. And we need those affirmations, not saying that because we need the affirmation of man, but what you're doing in that moment is you're honoring the spirit of God with them being shined through. Mm -hmm. And for them to know that, it makes them be able to see and praise God and give glory to him for the things that he is doing within their heart. And it helps just people know that, wow, like, man, like I, I'm i not just this broken human that does everything wrong and I'm a failure. But no, the Lord is doing a good work in me. And it's not for pride reasons. It's just because we want to be people that shine his light. And sometimes we need to be affirmed by that because this world can be so negative and it can be so hurtful. And, we, and I, I want to encourage anybody out there, please affirm your friends. Anybody you're with in ministry, please affirm them and love them and encourage them. It just changes the way you do stuff with each other, and it helps you know that not only not all uh, people see me, and that's good to be seen by your brothers and sisters in Christ because we are unified. So let's, you know, I would say that with this, make that more popular, please. Anybody that's listening, that it's from Paul. It's from Paul. You know, Paul would start his letters. Exhortation every exhortation time. Exhortation every time about good things he was seeing with the people in the
2: church. Even if he had beef. Even if he had beef. <laughs> he was like, hey, first of all, I want to I lift you up a little bit, and then I'm going to cut you down. I'm not saying to do that every time. <laughs> now to the juicy now stuff. Now to the good part.
1: Um, But yeah, he would affirm. Philippians, he starts the whole letter with like, I think of you often yeah. for your ministry and that you're doing. Because it's needed for us to hear from one another because we're celebrating what the Lord's doing
2: together. I think this is the way God created us, too. I mean, not to be alone, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's so easy. I don't know. It, I, I don't think I'm alone in this, but it's so easy for me to get down on myself and just doubt my gifts and say, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not as smart as this person or I can't do this as well as this mm-hmm. person. And then you guys all the time are like, I could see you doing this. Like, you'd be a really good fill in the blank. And I'm like, I really needed to hear that today. Like you guys mm-hmm. don't know how bad I needed to hear something like that. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, just make it common, pla- common practice. Like, yeah. not even for just like pastors. Just tell your friends yeah. what they're good at because they need to hear it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. Most of the time, when those things come to mind,
1: and you're like, "Hey, that person's really good at it," that's probably the spirit prompting
2: you. It's like, like, hey, say, say it out loud. Like, hey,
1: say it out loud to them. Um, Because guess what? The spirit of God isn't always just this audible voice, but the words of God speak through you too. Um, So going into that, uh, Regan, seeing you grow throughout this whole summer was one of the coolest things. Um, Summer ministry teams was a risk for her walking into it with three people she didn't know and just knowing her story and the different worries that she had over the summer were a lot that she's expressed here. But the way that she took that risk and she became this goofy, like awesome, just woman of God and the ministry she did for the cabins that she was in, um, a lot of things she walked into not having experience on a lot of the situations that happened. And what I want to affirm from that is that you take risk, but risk that you know you can trust the Lord with. These aren't these like wild, like crazy, like I'm going to do this off a whim. But you're like, no, I need to do this because it will risk my flesh, but it will fulfill the spirit of God within me. It'll risk, yeah, I might have to make some sacrifices. I might have to put myself out there. I might have to embarrass myself. I might have to actually press a student about something. But the reward, the heavenly eternal reward was always on your mind and throughout your whole story and what you just shared with us. I want to affirm that is that you right now are developing what we all need. And that is a kingdom mindset. with the way you decide things in this life with how you move forward with how you process things. Um, Reagan, you see that mindset, and it continues to grow more and more, and I'm sure it is as you go throughout. And the thing I want to affirm you is just keep doing that. As you sit with the word, as you make decisions, as you wrestle with situation, look towards the Lord and lay your heart on the foundation of his word. And I know that it'll keep guiding you like it already does in the testimony that's in. and. Um, I'm proud of you like my, like a little sister of mine, riff dog for life, uh, riff dog. But yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of you and it's always been an honor doing ministry
2: stuff with you. So
0: thanks Dan.
2: No, we haven't spoken a lot, but just from what you've talked to us about today, I can tell you have a heart for scripture. Um, and just through you speaking, I hear little things. I'm like, that's, that's scripture. That's scripture. That's scripture. You weren't giving references, um, but it's just so ingrained in who you are as a person. And it's pervaded through your entire being that it just naturally pours out from you. And I think that's going to be a big defining factor of your life is people are going to see you and they're going to think of you as, as someone who knows God's word, who walks with God. And, and it doesn't sound how the world sounds so they're going to see that as different and it's going to draw them to God through you because you sound like God. So I want to encourage you to keep that practice. Don't you know, don't hide the word um and keep keep taking it in. Keep reading Philippians.
3: <laughs> Thank
2: Philippians. you. And our last question is Reagan,
1: how can we pray for you?
0: Yeah, this is a great question. <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> um Definitely for me to just keep the end goal in mind with everything. School has been really, really hard this semester. Um, just to continue knowing, like, my schoolwork is preparing me for my future ministry. Um, I'm not just doing it because it's something I have to do. It's something I get to do. I get to learn about who he is. I get to learn how to do better ministry. Um, also with Running. Sometimes it's hard when you don't see the results you work every day for. That's why I don't run. <laughs> Sometimes I think maybe I should stop, but I will. <laughs> I love running. Um, but just reminding myself that um, my goal isn't to be the best one out there. I know that's a lot of people's goal, but my goal is just to use the gift and to have fun and to cheer my teammates on to be the best mm-hmm. that they can be. Um, so to remind myself that if I'm doing those things, I'll see the results that I want in running because I'm, I'm living that life not just running those times. So school and running always, always a big one for me.
1: Nice. Griffin. Yeah, I'll open you want to Pray yeah. us out. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I can, I can, yeah, I can finish. And then, yeah. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for this time that you've given us to come together here to uh, hear Reagan's story about how you've been working in her life. Um, and I'm starting to see this whole podcast time as, as a time of testimony. So we thank you that Reagan was able to testify uh, for you working in her life. We want to lift her up and encourage her. uh, We pray that you send the Spirit to encourage her, that her schoolwork is not in vain, um, that this theological training that she's receiving is worth it. It's going to be such a valuable uh, tool in in her tool belt. For when she's in ministry and when things get dry, as Doctor Morgan said, we were talking to him earlier. God, that uh, she has a deep reservoir that that won't run run dry when she she comes to these times when she feels like she's in a desert. She has a deep reservoir to draw from, um, based in you and based in this education that she's receiving. So, uh, we pray that you will strengthen her, um, lift her up, uh, renew her mind. That. She can continue on with vigor and energy, and she's excited to learn about you in these classes, God. I know it's so hard to get the motivation up to to continue on doing these assignments. I don't feel like reading tonight. I don't want to do this or that. I pray that you will um, give her the discernment to see what is important, God, and what deserves her time um, and maybe where she can delegate to other tasks at other points, God, but um, energy, renewal, and perseverance and pressing forward with her education. Secondly, that um, when she is running, she will have the ultimate finish line in mind, not just the one that she sees um, in front of her on that course, that she will see um, the, the race of her faith, of ministry is what's truly set before her, not just this race to get a medal. Um, but the example that she gives, whether she's win whether she's winning or she's losing, is an ultimate testimony of how you've been working in her heart and the love that she shows to her teammates are evidence of the spirit moving through her. And I pray that that will become evident through her competition um, and that she'll rub off on her teammates and it'll be just something that, um, through her, it's something that Indiana Wesleyan's cross-country team is known for. It's just... Uh, lifting you up and lifting each other up um, more than they lift up uh, victory because we have the ultimate victory in you, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. And we pray all these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, that's all we've got for you today. Thank you for tuning in this week. We will be back next week, of course. Uh, We want to thank the band Caledonia for all the the music you've heard on today's episode. You can find them on Instagram at official Caledonia and the link to their band camp will be down in the show notes. We also want to let you know that they have a brand new song that they're releasing that will be at the end of this podcast episode. So please stick around and listen into that. Um, So what do you say, Dan? Peace. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Bye.
3: Steps here